well-met friends. My name is Adam, and this is the Get Pipe Podcast, where we love to pipe today. Well, as always, I am joined by my good friend Nick, aka the producer guy. Nick, what's up, man? Hey, Adam, how you doing, brother? Dude, you probably hear me in your mic at this point. So I'm so know. excited, but this is the first recording where you're in front of me, face to face, and it's like we did the recording last year in Vegas, but it, but was, it was like I felt. Yeah. We were talking about this. If, for the folks who are, if this happens to be your very first episode, we're <laughs> lot, lots going on this week. Uh, we are in Las Vegas, the, the International Las Vegas Pipe Show. Uh, we are recording this at Wednesday. It's five thirty-four p.m. <laughs> uh, West Coast, which which means we have even less time on the East Coast to get yeah. this to go live. But uh, we will we'll make it happen. But but the point is. Last year at the Vegas Pipe Show, we did one recording somewhat. I mean, it was very live. Oh, yeah. Uh, but It was a little too live. It was so live that it was fake. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I felt like I wasn't really talking to you. I felt like I was kind of answering the Instagram live thing, kind of. People, people, yeah, were people were interrupting. Great. You know, well, so the interrupting part wasn't the best, but, but even though we welcomed it, like, we, we did. deliberately did. wanted people to. Yeah. And then, I don't, the, I, the problem we had was. We just didn't really have a plan. We were just generally loosely talking about the pipe show. Right, exactly. Which I didn't love. But That's but right. this is the legitimate first time in 92 episodes that wow. that you and I, like you're sitting in a chair, I'm sitting in a chair, I'm looking at you. Hi. And it's live. <laughs> it's Everything is like, everything. It's, it's is... so much more live than, you know, online will ever be. So I'm excited, man. So I'm, I, I'm very good. How are you? How is I'm the... good. Yeah, travels were great. Um, you know, no, no hiccups there. Maybe I don't know if we even want to dive deep into this. I don't know. Yeah, just know that I was really sweaty. Yeah, and I was sweaty. upset on the plane. But I had a layover. Adam had a direct flight. You know, we were told that we were going to wait an hour for our car, but somehow we were part of the special program where we got right into it. Um, yeah, I looked him in the eye and I said, "Do you know who Get Piped is?" <laughs> they slapped you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we're great. We're chilling in the hotel, ready to go to the pub here after this. So just classic get pipe stuff. And um, yeah, man, I had something. I told you about this. I had a interaction this week with a get piped listener. What? Um, our good friend Dennis. You probably know him. Okay, of course. Yeah, yeah. He's he's reached out to you. He said hard twelve percenter. Hard hard. If you could be more twelve percent than twelve percent, whatever. Yeah. That's him. Six <laughs> percent? I don't know. Half of twelve. <laughs> I don't know. But he's, he's a twelve percent through and through. Anyway, they're good friend Dennis. I uh, I work, you know, in around where I work, and I basically, for those of you who don't know, I sell kind of like construction equipment as my day job, and I put out an inquiry to a local. A what? An, I know. Say that weird. one more time. In, inquiry. 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 It said it weird, but I put it out to a local group that we work with, a Caterpillar group. And I get a call on my work number, and the guy's like, hey, hey, Nick. I say, the guy, it's Dennis. No way. It's Dennis. <laughs> I knew he he worked in the area, uh, kind of lives in around where yeah, I he's, do. Yeah, he's been to that cigar shop or whatever. Mm-hmm. That He's like, you guys got to go. Yep. And he was like, hey, man, it's Dennis. I was like, what? I didn't know you worked for this company. He's like, yeah. Like, Dang. So, dude, small world stuff, even though, like, Again, in the back of my mind, I knew all of this, and he's going to be cheesing at this. Uh, we had a great conversation. He hooked me up with some good folks, and um, Dennis had just some, such kind words to say. He was like, 
Damn, Man, dude. I this want, is like on work hours, too. On work hours, <laughs> on the phone. Like, we talked work. Uh, we're going to meet up here. Actually, when I get back that Friday, I get back, we're going to go Good. Like, grab a burger, grab a beer or something during lunch, whatever it is. And... um Man, it's it's so great because that sort of those sort of interactions, you know, do not happen on a daily basis, mm-hmm. obviously. But it's one of those things where the words that he said uh, to me, and it was it was very kind words about the podcast and just the excitement for it. Mm-hmm. It brings joy not only to my heart, but it makes me feel that what Get Piped is doing. You know, not just like us, man. Yeah. Not just us, but like this whole community, because at this point it is, you know, a vast community. It's like what is being built is right. And it's fostering good relationships and it's fostering a betterment of this hobby and things like that. And it's just, it was super great to have that interaction. And yeah, man. So that was, a, that was, a, that was something I, I hadn't told you about. It was kind of saving for our discussion. It was supposed to happen on, Kind of Sunday, Monday, but yeah, we, you know, we said screw it, dude. As the as the week was getting closer, as the days were getting closer to our departure date, which is you know today, Wednesday. Our plan. We normally we've been doing really well by recording on a Monday yeah. slash Tuesday kind of thing, but I remember it was Monday night, and I actually had Monday off because I had a nice little four day weekend, uh, which uh, you know we could talk about briefly. But you know, I was just man, like. We had to, we were prepping the show notes kind of thing. And I was like, you know, well, you know what would be really cool is if we just did this live. live. And we knew that it would be a grind, grind in the sense of, you know, we're going to finish this recording in an hour and a half, to whatever it ends up yeah. being, having to edit the, the pieces. But I was like, I'm convinced that, you know, we're getting good enough at podcasting to where it'll be pretty quick. But yeah. dude, I don't know, man. This is, this is so much better of like, cause I could imagine. What would we be doing right now? You know, we'd be working on some other projects and Maybe. then this episode would go live and it would be, not as cool. It, it just would be not as cool. So this is this is definitely so the move. Much and, better. and the best part is we have the next several episodes you guys are going to hear. Uh, will will most likely have been from uh, this centralized location. Yeah. So we got a lot of good stuff planned. We we plan on definitely having fun. Definitely having some uh, you know uh, mm-hmm. loose loose quotes on vacation time. Yeah. Like we're still here to you know do content stuff, but but that kind of is our vacation. And and I was telling get wife this too. You know, she's like, what are you looking most forward to mm. at the Vegas Pipe Show? Are you looking forward to, you know, a Trey Rice pipe uh, <laughs> or, you know, you know, who, whoever it might be going to right. hang out with Brian Levine and, and, and Dave in LAX kind of thing. And all the Get Pipe community members exactly. that are going to yeah. end up being here. And that is, I'll be honest, that is like all of those things sound great, but yeah. they're not my priority. I was very much looking forward to doing this live recording. Yes, dude. Like dude. it's just... It, cool. There's just a, a different kind of energy and a different dynamic. You know, we we've we don't know what the we know we're doing 999 episodes of Get Pipe, <laughs> but we just don't know what at what what number are we going to be together because we will at some at some point in time like we will more have, more permanently. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm thinking episode like 400 on. Yeah, I'm hoping we'll it's sooner, our, but we'll have like a little Get Pipe studio. We'll have a stead. Yeah, we'll have you know a little what I mean? dude. Yeah, a little stead where we're just smoking and yeah. joking and yeah. recording and. I don't know, just you could smoke inside. Not that we necessarily cigars would be great to cigars. while we were recording. Oh yeah. But anyways, man, what else do we got going on? What what else are we smoking and joking about, brother? I don't know. I feel like this is the best time to smoke and joke. Um uh, but it's like we got so much coming up. I, I don't know. I we gotta save some for the rest of the episodes. We'll we'll leave it at that. There we go. I'll we'll like leave it. it at that. <laughs> but uh 
wasn't too much smoking, wasn't too much joking, but I do want to say thank you all for smoking and joking with us. And of course, for all your support of the Get Piped podcast. If you'd like to support the show anymore, whether that's financially or just you want to give us a shout, you can always visit www.getpiped.co. That's .co to check out our little merch store. There's a way to shoot us an email if you want. And uh, big news, I think I mentioned it last week, but our fall collection is now live. We've got a little knit cap there. Got a Get Piped logo crew neck and our famous Pack Light Get Piped camping mug, which you do not want to miss out on that. So go check that out, getpiped.co for all that. And while you're doing all that, while you're listening to this podcast, don't forget to rate and review it on Apple, Spotify, and any other listening platform you may have. But we've got a great show planned this week with yet another edition of Anecdotal. And following our primary topic, we'll get into a little bit of over-under, and then we'll move into Ask Nick Anything. Ooh. Wait, what? <laughs> Hell yes. Big thanks to the producer guy for the producer guy things. Now... Before we move into our primary topic, I want to remind you to take a deep breath, savor this moment, kindle your flame, and pipe as you please. Well, this week we got a little bit of an anecdotal, and for those of you who do not know what anecdotal is, first of all, the name is a combination of two words, anecdote and doddle. So anecdote is kind of like a side story that you would hear, and doddle is the 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 ash that you have at the end of the pipe, correct? Uh, when when you've smoked it through, it's that, that little bit that's left that you just can't. Yeah, it's like it, it, Doddle's basically just the the last little grossish. It's <laughs> funny. I was actually listening to the Pipes, Pours, and Pals podcast the other day, mm. and uh, they were talking about how uh, Smoking Pipes had just posted a how to clean your pipe after you know immediately after finishing your pipe. Oh, and our good friend Truett Smith was uh, up there on the video, and and he showed how he does it. So he grabs his, his pipe tool after he's done smoking. And he starts cleaning out uh, the bowl, right? Getting that, that initial stuff out. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of tobacco. And it was funny hearing the pipe sports and ca- pals guys talking about, oh, they he had a lot of dawdle. Ah. You don't have a lot of dawdle. You, there's only a su- there's finite sh- amount of dawdle. <laughs> At some point, it's just you have a lot of tobacco that you're just right. getting rid of. <laughs> yeah, that's typically me. <laughs> Same here. And, and, and it was interesting hearing them talk about it because, you know, like to. A lot of tobaccos out there don't, you know, dude, smoking a bowl of of any kind of tobacco is very interesting because mm. the flavor changes. Not because yeah. part of it is because your palate is getting used to what you're you're smoking, mm-hmm. but part of it is the complexity of the blend. Like as the heat increases, even marginally throughout the bowl, the flavor will naturally change. Right. Uh, sometimes towards the end. It's just not good. Yeah, it doesn't taste good. Uh, and, and, and part of that might just be like, you know, the complexity of your mouth and your, you know, that's another gins yeah, and all that, that other stuff. That's what I was but, say. but I would find that most people, I, I would, I'd be willing to bet that most people 
don't love the end of the the pipe. Yeah. Uh, so so the the term dawdle. Do we ever really get there? I don't know. No, Will we get there in this one? I don't know. But it's a great name. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, it has been. And so essentially, in this series, we discuss a momentous moment in pipe smoking history. And to be blunt, this this series has changed over time. Like like many of the series in Get Piped, uh, the Get Piped podcast history. You know, as we kind of come come into our own and, and mature and develop these things, it's we believe that uh, we're always trying to improve and, and find room for improvement. So we discuss these these pipe smoking history moments, uh, definitely different than our uh, smoke seminars where that's kind of more of a teaching. This is teaching, but in a very different way. Yeah, the pipe, the the smoke seminars is more of like a how-to, how-to 101, yeah. kind of pipe smoking 101. Uh, so of course, you're going to get a lot of information here, but I'm not going to teach you the best method to pack a pipe according right. to you know, X, Y, Z approach. This is instead yeah. going to be, yeah, as you had mentioned, I like that monumentous moment. <laughs> and, and, and of course, we're talking about the 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 advent, really, of briar, yeah. briar use in, briar in pipes. pipes. Uh, so this one's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, so we'll discuss the event. Uh, we'll hit the, the primary notes on it, and then we'll, we'll discuss a little bit more how it impacts today. But if you want to check out more of our anecdotal series, go ahead, check out the Get Pipe Bookshelf at episodes 72, 56, and 33. And again, they have changed over time to to develop more into this specific moment in history. But as Adam mentioned, we're talking about the beginnings of Briar today. Dude, the the Briar is is just the magical stone essentially mm. that saved pipe smoking and, and not that it necessarily needed saving pipe smoking any in any case because you know clay was was super huge there was other kind of hardwoods that were, were very prominent we had corn cobs back then as well uh, but but clay was kind of the the master out there and also meerschaum meerschaum uh, picked up in, in immense popularity during the 1800s but the briar discovery is quite interesting we actually did a Kind of a parody episode. It was we called. Did. It was our playwright or our pipewright <laughs> episode. And man, this <laughs> I don't know how I dodged any kind of hate or you know hurtful to my own fragile heart comments mm. or reviews uh, from the Get Pipe podcast. Because if that was your first episode, oh goodness, it <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't be listening. Right yeah, you'd now. be like, okay, <laughs> I'm done. Turn it off. I'm not <laughs> saying we won't ever do it again, but we will. I think we got maybe we should do one this week because we got to be in person. I don't know. It, uh, I I still to a degree cringe over it and uh, it, did not enjoy listening to. It that's back, all right. That's but all right. but I will say the 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 premise behind the episode was really really awesome and yeah. it was uh, the discovery of Briar. So we're not necessarily right. talking here the ins and outs of the discovery we'll, mm-hmm. we'll touch on it but it's more going to be about the origins and right. and how uh, it came to be and and where and location and all yeah. of that but but if you wanted to check out that episode man uh, godspeed good luck uh, i hope you get through it if you're <laughs> if you're if you're yellow flashes who skips through all the goofy uh, you're going to hate <laughs> that episode flashes. i'll tell you that much uh, but, uh, but yeah man so for for we're talking about the the briar beginnings here uh you know very interesting we all saint claude always comes to mind mm. saint claude france and there's so much legitimacy with that because we do know that briar was first used uh out of out of saint claude uh which is funny because where is briar not grown saint claude france saint, yeah. <laughs> uh but but they were the ones to 
uh, essentially first used it. And, and the general uh, understanding is it was around 1855-ish, 56-ish, 57-ish, uh, somewhere in there. Uh, but but there's there's so much uh, to to talk about when it comes to the French and their uh, you know ability to look at. I mean, at the time they were using a lot of boxwood, uh, which we see a lot in uh, pipe uh, accent pieces on some pipes. A, a nice little adornment, uh, which is I, I love because it's kind of like a tribute, whether they the the maker intends it or not. Uh, but but when they use briar. A, a true explosion uh, came to, to to fruition for the pipe smoking world, and, and that was from the heart of uh, Saint Claude, France. Yeah, and it's very interesting as you dive into the history of Saint Claude. And Saint Claude was not always known as Saint Claude; it was Saint Oyand, or however you pronounce it in French. And uh, they had this this small town sort of developed this industry, right? They had a, a lot of pilgrims, Christian pilgrims come to the area after St. Claudius was canonized by Pope Louis the 11th and the 15th century, and it sort of led this development of uh, industry to accommodate visitors, especially woodworking. So think of things like crucifixes, statuettes, rosaries, and things like that. And, you know, we, we see as, as pipe smoking and tobacco kind of exploded in, in the 1700s, so too did that industry in St. Claude, as Adam, Adam discussed. And as this industry increased, more people came, especially, obviously, in Europe. This small town's reputation grew quite immensely, and that it would make this quaint small town really this centerpiece in pipe manufacturing for decades and centuries to Dude, come. Yeah, it was the capital of the, pipes. Yeah. It was the, and, and it honestly, I mean, I want to say it still is. It it's yeah. uh, of course not in terms of production, but if you go to St. Claude today, which, you know, producer guy and I are One kinda, day. we will, we absolutely will and we'll make yeah. a full, you know, video podcasty thing about Whatever. it. But like the centerpiece of the the town has a big uh, briar pipe oh. uh, structure. It's like a sculpture, and and they have a history museum about briar and how uh, about all these factories. Because when we think of Saint Claude, man, they had some heavy hitters in the early late eighteen hundreds, but really nineteen twenties. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking. We had Rop. You guys have heard me talk about Rop right. pipes before. Uh, Janod, Janod, probably Janod. Brian, don't get mad at me. Shacom. Uh, we also had uh, Boots Shokin. I need to be. Fr- I yeah, actually yeah. am very French. I don't know how to pronounce any of these things. <laughs> I'm French Canadian. I think. Oh, so you're fake French. Yeah, fake French. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Sorry, all my French Canadians out no. there. <laughs> yeah, over there. Wait, what? <laughs> but but there were some massive companies and many others. And and when we think about Chacombe, there's uh, that that interesting stem off of 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 Kamoy, which we'll talk about as yep. well. Um, but yeah, man, there's just been this powerhouse over the past you know hundred to two hundred years yeah. uh, of 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 French pipe making. And, and of course, they're all pretty much consolidated under uh, one, maybe two names at this point. And I think uh, I think only Chacombe now is uh, in uh, producing pipes in Saint Claude itself. Uh, but oh. but 
it's it was it was at a height and and also they were also pu- pu- pushing out not just briar uh they were also pushing out amber stems they're mm-hmm. pushing out horn they're pushing out many accents to uh, uh tobacco pipes to right to their competitors you know to italy germany um you know you know other parts of the world uh, that really influenced the world of pipe smoking and it was because of saint claude it was because of you know this this legendary finding of briar uh that that they were able to have all this uh influence and it was because of that influence where you know people wanted to work there and, and and when they continued to grow and grow and grow they built this empire around pipe smoking and the producer guy and i were talking about this as we were prepping the show notes crazy because this is for the most part irrelevant today right like mm. we like i'm so glad we have a, a listener right. base who cares about this stuff and we get to share this this history with you guys but you know this means nothing to literally everybody on the streets right now of las vegas yeah that's you know, fair out, outside of the fact that there's a bunch of pipe guys out there you <laughs> yeah know, ex- who know? <laughs> excluding those where it's their whole life uh, i mean me too but but like seriously this this was a there was a point where Everyone on the street, you know, cared and knew about pipe yeah. smoking and and was a supporter of, of one of these companies. And they they frequented their pipes in their pockets yeah. as they would walk a, around town. And like they became the largest manufacturers in especially the United States at one point. Yeah. These foreign foreign companies, they would import them. And um, yeah, man, it's it's crazy. And one one statistic that's kind of really stuck out to me that I think it, it doesn't seem like much, but. When you dig into it a little deeper, it is a lot. And it's there, there were reports that indicated in the, by the 19th century, there were three main pipe manufacturers. I don't exactly have the names, but there were 60 to 75 workers making pipes. And it's like, okay, 60 to 75 people, that's not too much. But when you think about like the scale of manufacturing of these pipes, say you had, 20 people at each you know at each warehouse each manufacturer that's a lot of people working on pipes for for this time frame at least in my perspective it seems like a lot and you know granted they were kind of multinational sending out stems and everything adornments all around europe but i don't know for some reason that that number just kind of really stuck out to me dude it's it's wild man because i wonder how many are there currently how many people are currently working in these factories it, are we talking specifically in france or yeah or say one of the, one of the big factory pipe manufacturers nowadays yeah no i mean so that's the other side of it too is you look at savinelli and, and peterson they those are large factories right. you look at uh, uh missouri meersham with mm-hmm. the corn cobs large factories who in Missouri Mearsham still pushes out like 600,000 pipes a year, which is interesting because when we talk about, you know, the pipe enthusiast, it's such a small percentage. The people who are listening to this podcast, you know, is, is a significantly small percentage of uh, the, the actual amount of pipe smokers out there. But, but these people, the other, you know, 599,000 folks smoking these corn cobs every year are, you know, all across the world. But, yeah. but it is a, it is a quiet practice. And, and for the most part, people like to keep it themselves, but, but these factories do have, have a representation, uh, but, but not anything like they used to have, Hello, yeah, uh, you know, even, you know, Peterson and Sabinelli, they used to have probably close to, 
you know, several hundreds of, of workers where they might only have close to a hundred. Yeah. Um, and, and these are, I'm, I'm just kind of spitballing. I'm sure there's some who, folks out there yeah. who would have a exactly. you know, more <laughs> accurate numbers, but, but that's the reality of it, right? Like we've seen the consolidation of all of these companies, uh, you know, across, I mean, Ladisi having, you know, the ownership of Ladisi and, uh, you know, Ladisi having the ownership of both Peterson and Sabinelli. Uh, when we talk about Chacombe, Chacombe kind of owns most of the, uh, the French companies. A lot of French companies were either, mm-hmm. you know, just went away into the wind <laughs> or they were, they were absorbed by another company and their pipes were sold, uh, under a different name. We think of Rossi, which was another Italian company. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were picked up by Sabinelli. Right. They still have the Rossi line, but it's a Sabinelli pipe through yep. and through at this point. Um, but, but yeah, man, it, there's, there's a lot of fascinating things that we can talk about with, uh, you know, Briar and, and, and St. Claude specifically. Uh, one thing that I do want to touch on is, you know, like, no one really knows how Briar came to be. Like, ex- like why, was like, dug out. Like, yeah. Like, why was that's why? where the pipe right was good. Gave it, us an opportunity to, to to kind of put a little bit of fantasy, <laughs> yeah, fantasy spin on it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, by the 1880s, that's when uh, 1880s, 18, 1880s was probably when it really got uh, Briar really started popping off. So we know about the 50s ish, 60s ish is when it was kind of discovered. Um, the the idea or the current model is that it was one of the uh, uh, the the commoys who who oh. found Briar or at least brought it to to pipe making. So at the time, the folks in Saint Claude were uh, woodworkers. They they yeah. were very skilled with woodworking. This is for a very religious uh, location at the time as well. Of course, Saint Claude, right. uh, and they would you know fashion crosses and, and other uh, religious. Uh, artifacts out of wood, but also just general day to day woodworking. Woodwork, yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, but but they were always looking to try other things. Mm. Um, so in a period where boxwood and clay and meerschaum were kind of the the staples, at some point in time, one of the Comoy brothers uh, finds Briar, and and what, this is an, <laughs> an this is an anecdotal. This is a real anecdotal. <laughs> I think I talked about it. The idea was the 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 rumor nowadays is that he was <laughs> someone was had acquired some briar uh, from the Mediterranean, and they were and they were in Saint Claude, and they were using it for um, you know some maker used it for salt shakers, and and the wow. the the Comoys were at a, a dinner, and one of them picks up the salt shaker, or the pepper shaker, and and realizes that it is made of this this what that the, what they call the heather tree, um, mm-hmm. being the heath tree, right? Uh, you know this briar wooden shaker. And the idea to make a pipe from that piece came to be. Hmm. And if that's true, I don't know. Yeah. It's probably not. Let's uh, go back just in because time. we barely even know when exactly it happened. Uh, but, but the, the coolest part about Briarman was it was like, it was a big accident. Uh, no one thought it would be so it wasn't like oh this is the one you know what i mean it just happened to be the one it just happened to be the perfect piece so you'll go to forums and you know uh, of course i'm sure in the discord like some people will will put up questions they'll raise flags what's the next best material you know why are we why are we settling on briar it's not like we're settling on briar we just happen to come across the best Mm. opportunity for making things burn in a piece of wood without the piece burning out because these hard these hardwoods these boxwoods uh they're 
they don't have that heat tolerance that Briar yeah. does. And and Briar's also porous, which is a very interesting like to to have those two within one root or uh you know wood right. is is very special and it was one of those things that like once you found it it's you, you yeah. found it once you find a diamond you're not, you're not trying to find the mega diamond you know <laughs> the diamond is the diamond kind of thing well i didn't actually know what uh boxwood was prior to to this research to be honest and i think it was it was a very good uh for those of you who do not know it, like me, uh, this was the main wood that was used in St. Claude and for a lot of manufacturers prior to Briar. Um, so boxwood, like Adam kind of talked about, is a hardwood. Um, it's a hardwooded evergreen shrub. So think of the ones that you kind of see all around and they're in their squares or in their circles. That's that's typically a boxwood shrub. Um, there's a lot in North America, but they are native to Europe and Asia. And their wood is usually a white or kind of a light, lighter yellow colored wood. And as Adam talked about, uh, they are typically nowadays more as adornments or kind of accents on uh, modern day pipes, uh, modern day briar pipes. I, I think I saw one where it was obviously the the bri- briar pipe with some uh, bamboo stem. And then there was a small little accent. Uh, at, yeah, at the yeah. stem, boxwood. Yep, yep. So good eye, damn. Yeah. Well, I did look up boxwood pipe, and that was the first one that popped <laughs> up. So I had to look for it. I had to, I had to be like, where is it? Because I knew the bowl was briar, um, and I knew the the stem or the shank was was uh, the stem. Excuse me, was bamboo. And I was like looking. I was like, where are you? And there was just a little tiny ring right before yeah. the, okay. the mouthpiece. Um, and between the, uh, bamboo and the acrylic or whatever mouthpiece it was. And yeah, it was yellow. So it kind of really blended in with that bamboo. Yeah. And, and that's another piece too, about the magic of Briar being the, the special piece that doesn't need to be replaced was boxwood, other hardwoods. We're thinking, uh, you know, cherry woods, pear wood, Generally, every other kind of wood, uh, well, what would happen is when pipe makers or pipe companies would add stain, it just didn't work as well. Yeah. Uh, especially with boxwood. Boxwood did not accept stain very, very well, which is why when you see it as an accent, it's that general yellowish, yeah. sometimes whitish color. Uh, but Briar Man, Briar One also had the grain, something that pearwood lacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whereas pearwood could accept a stain very well, it just didn't have grain. Right. And, and the boxwood did have grain. It did have grain, but couldn't but, accept the stain well. It's like, uh, so, so then you get to the briarwood. The briar man, and that was the money. That was the show me the money kind of thing. <laughs> and and what that did was it allowed makers and factories and companies to really put, just like expand the breadth of uh, yeah. their their creative ability. It allowed, it, it made people want to buy a briar pipe because they could carve it in a fashion that would be appealing to them. They could put a, a a stain, a color that they would find appealing to them, and they could just... I mean, we look at it. You look at it, a damn yeah. new release from Peterson Savinelli oh. uh, every single, you know, every few months, and it's just something that you hadn't seen before, or at least it's some kind of twist on something that had been done before. Well, and think about the Halloween pipe this last year. I know we've kind of talked about the last few episodes, but I can't imagine you can do that with any other pipe to that no, level. No, 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 no. Yeah, rustication and uh, um, sandblasting. Right. You try to sandblast a pear wood pipe, 
See you later. See ya, buddy. In <laughs> the trash. No longer pipe. And there was a there was a great article at, in Smoking Pipes. I think it was this year. Um, if not, it was at some other point. I forget when it was. But basically, they talked about how this uh, discovery of briar and sort of the evolution in pipe making, its, its uh, ability to be customized, was very indicative of the culture at that time was that was becoming more consumerist consumerism you know we're we're starting to get into the industrial revolution period those mid 18 1800s and uh, towards the uh, end of the 19th century mm-hmm. and stuff like that and this is where briar sets itself apart from any another wood as we talked about it's durable resistant to heat porous it's and it's built to last and what was going on from uh 1900 to today <laughs> war, war. <laughs> just just <laughs> chaos everything. so much damn war and you know a clay pipe would just wasn't cutting yeah, it you know no people way. would smoke clay pipes and then toss them in the trash after yeah. like five or six smokes you know back i mean way 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 before they would just have one mega pipe giant for everyone long. and you just break off a piece of yeah. it uh to not spread your cooties but it's, it's really cool in williamsburg virginia there's a lot of remnants of those clay pipes, like uh, all Isn't the there bits. like a road or like a... Yeah, there's just, it's littered with it. I, I don't believe I've seen it because I've never done the actual colonial tours, mm-hmm. but just being in that area and knowing the history and understanding the history, there's evidence of clay pipes everywhere being just kind of thrown oh, in okay. with the, I don't want to call it cement or whatever there was that they were building the roads kind of to, to bring them together, bring bring the stones together. But yeah, the 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 idea of briar is such an amazing an amazing thing and this this then begs the question of like what is the process of creating a briar pipe right like we all know that it comes to exist um you know from an artisan or from a factory it's beautiful you know whether it's smooth or rusticated or sandblasted but kind of what what exactly is the process and i think before we even get into that we need to know what is briar right we've been talking about briarwood how it's superior in all this and we'll we'll backtrack a little bit and say briarwood comes from the root of the erica arborea i always pronounce that wrong but i think that was right so you don't always pronounce okay. it wrong <laughs> the heath tree or the heather tree um it's another shrub another bush and again, prominent in the Mediterranean region. And this is a sort of arduous process to get this root. Out. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's a root. So yes. it is a wood, but it's not, right? It's right. the root of the tree, which comes from a burl, which is a big ball. ball. <laughs> and you got to chop it in certain ways and, and dry it and keep yeah. it hydrated in certain ways. Uh, but it is a root. Now, it's also dead. So yeah. there's... There, there's uh, some some makers out there who love talking about how they use a special type of briar called dead root briar. Mm. Here's the reality: it's, it's all, all dead. dead root. <laughs> <laughs> it's all dead. <laughs> is there is there briar super dead? Like, it's like a, ultra mega, dead, <laughs> ultra mega dead. <laughs> That's where Megadeth came from. The band name came from. They were talking about how pipe briar makers out pipe. there have <laughs> mega dead. Root, dead root, root briar. <laughs> oh man, write that down. That's that's a good one. But what are we what are we what are we seeing with the process of creating a briar pipe? Like let let's kind of go through that just to give you know the 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 listeners an idea of 
how it's done because some people may generally not know. They can have an idea. Maybe they've uh, seen, you know, Father of the Flame was a kind of shows the overall a good process of yeah. how it's done. But for those who are kind of getting into the the hobby that are newer, let's let's kind of go through that real quick. Yeah. So Briar. This heath tree, where does it grow? We had talked about how it grows in the Mediterranean and it doesn't grow in St. Claude. There is going to be briar in France. Uh, there's a lot of briar in, uh, uh, what is it, Africa? We learned this the other day. Yeah, from Southern our, Africa. Uh, are you smarter than a, uh, a pipe smoker, which I was not. No. Now, the form, the the stem of the the, the Erica arborea, Ar- arborea, arborea. <laughs> the heath tree, the one that's used <laughs> for briar pipe making. Uh, it grows predominantly in uh, the Mediterranean region. And so you have to find these these trees, right? And they have to have some sort of age on them. Uh, so there was a, there's always fear of like a briar shortage. And, and to a degree, I mean, there's no briar shortage. There's a shortage of laborers to exactly. acquire the briar. Uh, and that's the biggest piece because as we talked, it is arduous to, to get these, uh, this, this briar burl out of the ground. But generally it, to kind of broad stroke it, uh, you have these almost artisan tree hunters like they're that's essentially i mean seriously that's what they I are love that because they go out uh, they that. spend a day just collecting burls of a uh, heath tree and mm. you know once they find the tree they get to the burl which is underground uh and i don't know if you've ever tried cutting a root from your garden it's very difficult very difficult and this is a significantly harder wood bigger uh, bigger stronger we talked about how it's durable and again yeah. it comes in this big blocky blocky ball burl um as i'm thinking about the las vegas sphere yeah. <laughs> that's this thing you know this is oh the two gosh. billion dollar process to get this damn thing out of the ground uh but but basically you you grab the the burl and then what, what will happen is these briar cutters will will chop the block that right then and there because mm. there's a lot of waste there's so so much waste with uh you know briar cutting because there's such uh, there's so many, uh, you know, pits and, mm-hmm. and, and flaws in the wood. And so it requires not just, that's the other piece. It's not like, oh, hey, you know, kid, you need a job. You want to make a minimum wage or whatever, go cut some briar. Like you have to be a very skilled individual who knows know. what you're looking for, yeah. knows where to cut, knows how to cut, knows when to cut. And, and that's why I was kind of calling them these artisan hunters because they just, they know what's a good briar. They know what's a good burl. They know what's good to bring back to harvest for pipe making. Mm. Uh, so, so once they collect these burls, they're going to give it a couple chops, uh, identify that it's worthwhile. They'll bring it back to, uh, you know, a central location like a factory, uh, where they'll sawmill uh, essentially where yeah. they'll start sawing these burls, uh, and, and the less leftover pieces into small, uh, I mean, small, eb- what's called the ebuchon. And that's, uh, this is like the, f- we're skipping some steps, but that's generally the last piece of this is where uh, the the individual, the pipe maker, will get these ebuchons, these mm-hmm. little blocks of briar. To get there, there's a lot of hy- hydration and and keeping curing, you know, curing, and making sure they don't dry out. And months and months. There's just, this is yeah, a very very long process. Uh, and then again, knowing where to cut, how to cut, both with an axe and then later on with the sawmill, it's it's a very involved. Yeah. And, and process. one part of the process that I didn't know about, but again, learning about really made sense to me was this process of boiling the briar. It, 
essentially removes all of the saps and resins that could make your smoke taste poorly. Yep, and yep. it replaces those with water, essentially. So we see uh, we see this happening. And it doesn't always work the best, but that's Briar's porous. So it won't get everything. And, you know, there's stories of people having 40 smokes in their pipe. They're about to get rid of it. And then that next smoke, the, the smoke tastes great. The, the, the pipe finally kind of broke in, so to speak. And, uh, you know, we always talk about the break-in process. Sometimes overrated, sometimes not. But it's uh, it's one of those things that a lot of people experience, and even with this, uh, even with these artisan pipes that go for hundreds or even thousands of dollars, like the pipe could be made perfectly, it could be, it could have used like thirty year aged briar or whatever it is, and there could still be an issue with it. And though that is very rare, especially for those very expensive handmade artisan pipes, um, it's still something that we have to deal with, and. I think you see that more probably with the factory pipes uh, that just kind of get the mass-produced blocks, but still, you know, that that's the thing. You could also get a really cheap, the, the draft hole is all the way off to the side, it's super high, it, it's not maybe, you know, in air quotes, made the best, but it still smokes great, and it's it's super interesting, and this, this hobby and, and smoking pipes is, is, I don't think it's a guessing game. But I, I think there's so many factors that go into it, like packing your pipe, again, breaking in your pipe, and the quality does matter. It does, but I think there's there's always those, uh, you know, times where something works out in your favor, essentially. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it, dude, it's inter- it's such an interesting and fascinating topic when when it comes to Briar itself, and and. You know, just just thinking about how someone found this ball of root, and so it grows. Basically, when you see grain on a pipe, it's it's stemming from the center. Uh, so that center is the uh, where the like in the center you're not going to get anything, but but that's why you need to have a smart cutter who knows how to cut to find the grain, and the grain is kind of pushing out from from that center. Uh, and and like you said, there can be uh, issues with it. There's can be there can be fissures, there can be uh, you know capillaries, all these other problems that happen to the wood that just happened underground over years. Uh, maybe the the saps were you know solidified in a, in the wrong spot and it just destroys what you thought would have been a perfect grain when you get a little bit deeper into the to the burl but as you mentioned man like factories i mean originally they would go for the highest quality briar they would they would take blocks they would take ebichon blocks that were of the highest quality the, the most what they thought to be the most perfect grain uh but again you never know what's going to happen by the time the pipe is done yeah but these be due to this loose quotes on on briar shortage uh and it's not again in turn because of the lack of labor it's not material yeah the, yeah the material is there it's just getting the material yeah. uh so these companies would start shifting from these like their high quality pipes their high quality pipelines their supreme grain lines would kind of shift downward uh mm. you know and and they were except their seconds were now becoming their you know their firsts and their thirds are becoming their seconds seconds. kind of thing and that to a degree is still going to happen today and dude it's why you see a lot of sandblasted pipes it's why you see a lot of uh 
rusticated pipes from especially factories uh you know at least with the the artisan maker generally speaking they will all fight for a smooth grain pipe yeah with every block right that's that's the goal, goal. <laughs> uh because you wouldn't take a block a smooth that's that's worthy of a smooth in, in sandblast you would just find right. another block with some form of a flaw that could be essentially covered i mean that's that's the way to put it covered with uh, you know sandblast you're still going to get the exact same qualities but we're just talking about the the aesthetics here the the appearance of of that beautiful smooth grain but dude i don't know man there's there's so much when it comes to to briar and you know we're how how this magical location in saint claude stemmed so many pipe factories which are now gone you know they 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 really are and we've, yeah. we've talked about the consolidation but a lot of companies will still the pipes will be sold under the same name but again under a different company in a different location right um it's just it's interesting and it's it's bittersweet man it is. um you know i love talking about this history because you had talked about uh Genode, or as we were in yeah. the show notes and and it's like i don't know what this is because no one no one knows, no one knows. Mean, <laughs> the, uh, people do but but yeah. the people who know are the people who were smoking them you know the, yeah. who were smoking pipes when they were around or dive deep into the history which you know obviously we do but it's just there there is so much like there's so, how many people out there have have forgotten more than i will know you know what i mean in terms of pipe smoking yeah. and and stuff like that and it's very very interesting especially as this hobby is you know, again, it's generally declining over the years. I mean, just just like you look at the trends of the amount of pipes purchased and and, and stuff like that. But it, it that does not should not lead us to then forget about the history of this stuff, which you know really leads us to some some companies that were very prominent, especially in Saint Claude and just kind of in the development of these briar pipes and. You know, there's a few maybe, and this doesn't even scratch the surface, and we won't hit every major part of these companies, and there's probably 10 or 12 more that are, you know, more prominent, but, you know, w- one of the main ones is is Kamoy, Kamoy, however it's pronounced, and uh, this company has, over the years, changed and bought other companies and changed names and you know, joined together with, with other ones. And I think denying their uh, sort of prominence in especially the early uh, pipe smoking and, and the the field of briar pipes would would very much do this company a disservice. Dude, K- Kamoy is by far one of the most uh, epic <laughs> companies epic. when it comes to, to, to pipe making. Uh, definitely one of the oldest. Uh, they started well back, I think, 1820s. Yeah. Uh, when we talked about this a couple, uh, several dozen episodes ago at this point, I don't remember. Well, when. yeah, it might have been a little later than that, but it's definitely 1800s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A- 18, like, er, what were yeah. We, I, I had like 18, early 18, 1825-ish. So, but at the time, they weren't, of course, doing Brian. Right, right. But that was when Francois Camoy right. uh, started, you know, selling pipes of some in some form right. uh, but they were Kamoy was one of the first uh, pipe making companies to use Briar Stumbles mm-hmm. they were one of the first to absolutely uh, use, use Briar yeah. uh, and as we had mentioned it was in St. Claude when uh, 
the alleged, the, the anecdote <laughs> the here of finding the the briar shakers. I would love to hear from the listeners if you guys have heard some other kind of pipe smoking wives tale or you know you know rumor out there. Of Can a, we make a new one on on just, this podcast? We just right? we just spread a rumor. Yeah, you know, it was some some boy. Named it was the aliens, Michael Briar, and he was hit by a bus and. <laughs> He's like on my dying before buses were invented. <laughs> buses were invented in the f- eighteen. We're sure about that, are we? When was the when was the combustion when... engine created? You're... There was no buses back. The bus. <laughs> the bus was a horse, bro. <laughs> but they. Yeah, yeah. When, when the Model T come out, like nineteen nineteen twelve or something, twelve or, or early, seven or eight. Yeah, early seven. early nineteen hundred. <laughs> so, what? what Poor Michael say? Breyer. My- <laughs> Michael Breyer gets hit by a bus, which is seventy years prior to the <laughs> the advent time, of the he's bus. He's a time traveler. The combustion engine. Um, oh man. Anyway, uh, you yeah. got hit by a horse and buggy, um, but no. Okay, so that that we will not do. We will not. We we're not here to spread false information. We're here just to talk about some of the fun history, and, and that that is one of the pieces. But but yeah, I mean, uh, Kamoy, they ended up moving their factory uh, to to London, mm-hmm. and they had such massive success. Uh, and you know, they really influenced so much outside of you know as, as much as. <laughs> It is interesting as much as Saint Claude and uh, France did with use of briar and pipe making early days, as they were making other pieces of uh, pipe making uh, furnishings. When it comes to accents and and, and stems and all that, yeah. that was the exact same thing for Conway, but with actual pipe making once they moved to to London. So it is still, you know, Conway is a, a French name, you know, Francois Conway, but. It's weird. I you can kind of you could almost classify it as an English pipe making company. Yeah. Uh, I I tend to I I lean I lean French here. Uh, mm, you know, if you're a French guy and you go live in another country, you're still a French, French guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I, dude, another another company that uh, I discovered was uh, Lacroix. And I've talked about this uh, in one of my YouTube videos. This is when I visited L.J. Peretti, tobacconist, uh, Boston. You can check this out on YouTube. YouTube.com/slash Get Pipes. They coming to Vegas. They still they, got a day. They, I don't those think they're of, coming to Vegas. This podcast goes live. Uh, but but when I went to L.J. Peretti's, I I really wanted an L.J. Peretti stamped pipe. Mm. Uh, so we've talked about how they have two. They always have an artisan who works there and, and makes L.J. Peretti pipes, but they're not necessarily stamped L.J. Peretti. So there was a time where L.J. Peretti. Well, I don't know who the makers were, but they were having pipes made. I wouldn't be surprised if it was someone like a uh, like a Conway. Yeah. Uh, but but would sta- throw stamp the stamp them. L.J. Peretti on that. So anyway, I wanted to get an L.J. Peretti pipe just to kind of have it there. I ended up leaving with a, one of the artisan pipes, so a little bit different. But but one piece that uh, Mr. Steve Willett wanted to to sell me on was. A Lacroix pipe, interesting. And Lacroix was another, yet another famous fa- uh, France company, pipe making company that did very, very well back in the day. They they ended up starting their history is really interesting as well. We won't go super deep into this one, but long story short is some guy named 
LaCroix, LaCroix. exactly started uh, working for uh, a company in the early 19th century. And then his like great grandson eventually started his own kind of followed the business line, followed the worked at the same factory. And then by 1960s, they uh, I believe they went and started their own thing called LaCroix pipes or uh, Jean, Jean or Jean, 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 Jean LaCroix pipes. Isn't that a water? It is a water, uh, which is actually so. So one brother made pipes, the other <laughs> brother made water. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so so the Lacroix Lacroix is cool, and I, I, you know, this is one of those pipes where, to be honest, like I was like, I don't know who Lacroix is. I he's like, yeah, it was an old French company. It's great briar, you know. I'll sell it to you. Mm. I'm selling it to everyone else for seventy bucks, but since you're in the military, I'll sell it to you for fifty five. And I said, <laughs> deal, Steve. Thank you so deal. much, deal. Uh, and and it ended up being. To this day, is one of my favorite pipes. Actually, it's that's like a that is one of my true workhorse pipes. Mm. It was a smooth grain Lavat, and I was that dude. That's the pipe I brought out to you know. I bring to the lake when I'm paddleboarding, oh, when yeah. I'm you know doing whatever the hell, and it's getting absolutely soaked with the rain, and I'll drop it in the water, and it'll it'll endure. You know, Briar is a very hardy type of wood. I'm not <laughs> saying put your damn smooth grain pipes in the water but if it happens it happens and this is kind of the pipe that i had dedicated uh, to doing that but but it was it was cool doing the little bit of research uh, for this episode and coming across Lacroix because until between steve willa telling me about Lacroix pipes and how i had to have one and this episode i'd not heard of Lacroix. Mm. uh you know so i did some research once i got the pipe way way back but uh yeah i don't know it's just something that is very fascinating to me. And to see, you know, there's so many French companies out there that at one point in time were making pipes that we don't necessarily think about. Like we don't, yeah. when we talk about the collective talks about pipe making and, and factory pipes, especially, we, we of course think of mostly the Italians, I would argue. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, I mean, Equally, I mean, just as, if, if someone's going to rival the French, it's going to be the Italians uh, with the amount of yeah, companies. Warfare. That were... Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I, I, I could go on and on about my fascination with this is yeah. the time where I'm proud. My mom's going to be proud, too. This is the time where I'm proud to have, you know, 75 percent of my blood being French because, ah, yes. you know, it's, other... it's maybe that's why I'm such a big pipe guy. Yeah. You know, that's interesting to me. Maybe. Yeah, you also have a tendency to retreat, so that's. Do I? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, so let's 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 wrap this up. Let's talk about the effects that this event, sort of in history, has had on pipe smoking. And you know, I want I want to know what what you kind of think, um, both opinion based and fact based. The the effect that Saint Claude as a whole, but more so the Briar Pipe has had on pipe smoking. I think one of the biggest pieces, uh, you know, and we had talked about it was the idea of customization. I guess uh, exclusivity between pipe to pipe mm. uh, that you just you just couldn't find with with clays necessarily. Meerschaum you could, uh, but ironically. A lot of Meerschaum pipes were being carved in the same fashion. You know, you're to this day. There's you're every now and then you're going to find a crazy beautiful Meerschaum pipe that was right. carved by some, you know, damn Turkish Greek. Greek. Uh, you know, like I'm thinking like the Greek sculptures. Oh, you know, yeah. just some guy who can just carve. You know, that's that's less about pipe making, more of just art and, and sculpting. But if you look at like the the 
more affordable meerschaum pipes. Like I remember seeing at a Chicago pipe show a couple years ago, and this past year I actually tried looking for it again. It was called Lion's Pride. Yeah, I talked about this, cat. you know, listen back a year ago, and it had it was this massive meerschaum block with a uh, you know a papa lion, a mama lion, a lioness, <laughs> and lion. then like three or four baby cubs kind of mm. running around, and and it was beautiful. This thing would probably be. The bowl, or not the bowl, but the, the structure was probably the size of my hand. Uh, just a massive piece of art. It was like two grand, <laughs> right? And and that's not an affordable pipe. That's not what Meerschaum pipes were selling for. That's not what people were making. It, the reason it was two grand is because the amount of, not the amount of material, it was just the, the amount of effort in. in yeah, the uh, artistry. You know, ex- exactly. So when we look back and we know that Meerschaum was so prominent, you had the kind of the same thing. You had some structures of uh, individuals of of world leaders. Uh, you had the claw. The claw's been mm. around for damn ever. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't like the claw, man. Yeah, I don't either. I don't like the claw, but That's, I don't want the claw do. to go away. Yeah, it's because, like it needs to stay. <laughs> yeah, the only claw I like is Saint Claude. Oh, yeah, we should end it right there, but we're not going to. Yeah, because uh, I talk too much. But <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, you had the the lattice pattern kind of thing, but these were not super different for right. the most part to to be affordable and consumable they were they were following the generally straight uh, straight path but with briar like we mentioned is like the the amount of stains the amount of sandblasting the amount of rusticating the amount of grain uh differentiation you had bird's eye flame grain straight grain like there was just so Ooh. much ring grain from the blast and there was just so so much that you could do you could put different accents on it you could put Amber on it was very popular for a brief period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're seeing horn stems, complete horn, horn stems. I uh, think of our good friend Foster Handmade who had this beautiful piece at oh. a, uh, the uh, one, one of the last pipe shows we were at. But but you, like there's there's so much there's like the breadth of what you can do with with Briar is so massive and and I would say that alone is what made this. What made pipe smoking so successful? Mm. I don't. I think it would have died significantly sooner had yeah, Briar not. Like I just don't see the pearwood pipe really lasting. You know, they right. do very well in Poland with uh, with Mister Brog because that's kind of their 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 style and they're like they're a known exporter of that type of wood and it's kind of like a oh yeah like just like Americans like purchasing from America and getting American <laughs> goods. The the yeah. Polish like getting. You know, Polish wood, wood. Polish pipes, pearwood pipes, man. So, but I just don't think that would have translated to the rest of the world like Briar did. And, and Briar really brought us all together. It brought the Italians, it brought the, the Petersons, the Germans, the Petersons. (laughs) That's what the Irish are known for is for Petersons. Uh, many other things, especially the best beer in the entire world. True. Uh, but, but they, again, it just brought everyone together and it allowed other, pipe making companies and factories and individuals to this day to flourish man to to really yeah. grow and and ex- explode and it's why like without the briar pipe get pipe podcast doesn't wouldn't, exist wouldn't smoking exist. pipes doesn't exist the las vegas pipe show just doesn't exist yeah. um and 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 that sounds grandiose but you know, of course nothing exists without the briar right pipe, but right. but uh yeah i i would say those are probably my biggest takeaways and yeah. and to be able to you know, just look at the history of all of these companies you know, of of names I can't pronounce, of factories <laughs> that are no more. That you know, the owner, you know, if probably in heaven somewhere, if he heard me talking about their, uh, you know, their pipes on like a like that, they'd probably be smiling down on me. Oh, that, the fact that we're keeping so. it going, and, and this was something you said because when you brought up uh, Genode, you're like, do we even 
I've never even heard about this. Yeah. Do, do we talk about it? Is it that irrelevant? And you're right. It is very irrelevant, uh, at least today. But that's the magic behind the Get Pipe podcast, right. man. I'll gas myself up. Like, <laughs> I, I love the there ability to talk about I mean, seriously, no, I, I, I love the ability to talk about these things and keep it going. Keep the flame yeah. going. And and we've we've, of course, talked about how – the fire's changing, you know, people are less interested in, you know, the 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 Iversons, uh like the, the the appeal of an Iverson pipe for six, seven, eight thousand dollars is is the amount of people willing to purchase that is is decreasing. Not just because right. of the cost, but because of the the buy-in. And that that goes for these older, you know, French pipes as well. And yeah. and I'm not advocating for moving on and saying oh the yeah. new age needs to get away from that because they're old and gone i'm just saying if i can at least get someone to like something or or appreciate something at least the history maybe right. you don't maybe you're not searching the scouring the internet right now for a you know a Lacroix pipe right now but just know the next time you see one you you now have a little bit of history and we're able right. to keep that history going so yeah i, I think uh I, I we gotta go to saint claude we do right point. now uh nope Got a lot of other things to do. All right, right like, after Vegas, we'll go from Vegas can't, to France. I will be in Ireland. <laughs> All right, right after Ireland. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, no, I I agree. I think a visit to Saint Claude is is in store for us. It's it's due that you know we'll we'll bring uh, all of our galactic get pipe uh, pipe community members with us. All seven hundred plus. We'll pay for everyone. Um, he's staring at me like, no way. But uh, anyways, the this has been a great episode, man. I'm I'm excited uh, for this week. I'm excited for this episode, and uh, I'm excited to move on to our segments. But before that, thank you as always for uh, giving us some learning on on Briar and uh, Saint Claude and. Sick boots. Sick boots. Let's go. We got two today. We got a little bit of over under with a little bonus today. And then we got some ask Nick anything. So I'm going to gonna have my time to talk, which I'm excited about. Before we get into that, we'll get some over under topics. We got three today with two bonus ones. Over under is our little segment where Adam, his, his personal opinion on whether things are overrated or underrated. Uh, this is in regards to pipe smoking, tobacco, whatever it may be. Um, those, those in particular. Uh, but our bonus is kind of outside of the pipe smoking realm. But our first one today is from our friend Ben Dean in the Galactic Get Pipe Pipe Club, which is our Discord. His over under is smelling the tin note. Is that overrated, underrated? Um, like. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like I don't know. No. Well, you got to give us one. Are we talking just I get the tin smell like Yeah. Okay. Uh I 
I'm trying to interpret this in a way that, of course, smell the tin. Yeah, I would. Everyone smells the tin. So I can't really say underrated. It's definitely not overrated. Uh, I guess properly rated, that yeah. means. I'll give some context. Um, it said, I realized I never really smell my tobacco. Oh. So, like, maybe right outside the tin, maybe just smokes it, never really gets in there. Okay. Sniffy sniff. Uh, well, you are an incredible minority. I think the very first thing I do whenever I get a new tobacco just is I stuff it right in your nose. Exactly. Problem I have is when I get a new tin, especially one of these small batches that I don't maybe don't even plan on smoking for a long time, just because I have so many in a current rotation or whatever. I just want to pop it. We've talked about this too. I just want to pop it, put my nose in it, and just get. I, I love the smell yeah, of tobacco. There are times when I just want to eat it. Yeah, because it smells, it smells so good. Tobacco is like, great weird. smell from the aromatics to the Burleys to the Virginias. Not the Periques, but yeah. Uh, so I would say properly ra- rated. Uh, what scent has such a, a massive impact on your your taste, right? So by neglecting to smell it, you're losing a little bit of uh, flavor in a, in a, in a way. Uh, so what that does, it, it's a. This is like more of. This is kind of a stretch, but but at the same time, you're you're priming your your brain for these flavors that you're pulling uh, through the nose, right? Mm. So we've also talked about how if you're – a good time to smoke a pipe is actually in the company of someone. So we've we've also said countless times how that's horrible and that's because of like the conversation. But if you were to sit down – like a blend club would be really great uh, to sit down like a quiet kind of conversation where the the – it's like a book club, but your your topic is not what you're doing today, or you know what, how awesome to get by podcast is, <laughs> but about the the blend, about the book kind of thing. Yeah. And so, what happens is when you're discussing this this bowl with another individual, this this tobacco, you can be like, "Hey, what are you pulling? Oh, I'm getting a lot of citrusy notes mm. from the Virginia, but uh, you know the the slight addition of Perica is giving me a little bit of a spicy, you know, a spicy, even a yeah. tang, uh, you know, some some type of a you know a nuttiness from this like so then you start thinking about those oh now i'm getting that nuttiness uh yeah i had that tang for sure but you know now it's being it's a more warmed kind of cooked mm, uh, raisins <laughs> john david cole just punching the air right i now. know that's why i said it but yeah so by by putting your nose in the tin uh you're you're really going to be able to prime your mind and body for for potentially some of those flavors that mm. that you'd otherwise might miss out on okay. uh yeah and, and again that's a stretch right you're gonna many tins you'll put your nose in you'll smell you know absolute wonderful birthday cake creams <laughs> and cakes and then it tastes like hot steamy air yeah. you know so or you get the beast or you get the beast yeah beast, the, the sense the scent of the beast is nothing compared to the flavor of the beast yeah, it's uh, weird it's really weird. But that's preak, man. That's that's heavy yeah, preak, bro. But so. yeah, so let's go with let's go with properly right. rated on that one. All right. The next two we've actually hit before in the Get Pipe podcast. It's been some time, so we're we're gonna rehash them out, uh, discuss them. the The next one is from our friend Fergus Falls Tom. They ask about ghosting, just straight up ghosting your pipe. Love this question. Yes. Massively omegaly overrated, <laughs> dude. Giga overrated. Giga. Sigma. I, dude, I don't think ghosting is a problem. Uh, and I smoke a lot of yeah, pipes. 
I really all do. Kinds. Aromatics lately. Yeah. Vapors. Yeah. Dude, I've been I've in the same like four pipes. I've crushed pretty much an entire tin of wind jammer. I've crushed a two ounce bag of BB uh, BB nineteen seventy, <laughs> which I've been talking about. A very good aromatic yeah. you can no longer get from the Country Squire unless we all bunk them enough. Uh, go! I'm already going to work that one this weekend, but let's keep True. it going. Uh, <laughs> actually, I want to do something a little bit different. Go check out my Instagram on the last post. Uh, I, I, I mean, I've just had so much Burleys, of course. Uh, I've actually a couple Burleys from uh, Watch City Cigar. Okay. Uh, so I've been ha- having a lot of different tobaccos in. In, uh, very few pipes and i'm not i'm not an idiot right this could just be my experience i could just be smoking you know a very specific set of blends that that aren't ghosting but this is across my entire pipe smoking career there's only been one tobacco to ever ghost really ghost and and for the folks who don't even know what ghosting is ghosting is where you smoke uh, a tobacco within one pipe and then you clean it out you smoke it Maybe you smoke a little bit, smoke a lot of it, whatever it is. When you come back to that pipe, maybe one day, two days, three days, a year later, it's going to have remnants, a, a ghosting effect mm. of flavor, a, a, a vanishing flavor of that, that tobacco that you once had. Uh, now, some folks will say aromatics are very ghost worthy. Others will say Englishes are very ghost worthy. Others will say Virginia Periques are very ghostworthy. You see where I'm going? Like everyone, I mean, if you have a heavy Latakia blunt, there's a chance you might get a little bit of that in the next smoke. But for a couple puffs, man, like you're you're telling me that a quality blend like Windjammer is going to be just eradicated because you had wiped out. You, you know, like because there's a a micro amount of Latakia left in the bowl. Yeah. If you if you really have a concern about it, you know, throw a pipe cleaner in there, you know, clean clean your bowl out, make sure it's really clean before you put in another blend man, but but in my experience, I've had the pirate cakes of the world. I've had the the merry monks of the world, very pungent Ooh, smelling yeah. tobaccos Jeez. as well. Um and I just I just don't think ghosting's a big deal. Uh I, I, I really don't. And again, so that one tobacco that that did ghost that I remember fondly and it took a long time to get rid of the ghosting. Uh, was uh, a it is frosty mint. Um, actually, it wasn't Sutliff's frosty mint. It was a a, a mint f- tobacco from the Country Squire. Oh. I didn't even know the Country Squire radio existed. I didn't know who John David Cole was. I just found. I think it was their Lord of the Rings blends, right. uh, which are no more. And we'll talk about that new episode coming probably uh, in the next few weeks yeah. on on that. Uh, but I, I just got tobacco from them. And there was a little sample because I had purchased it in March and they were doing some kind of St. Patrick's Day minty thing. It was wonderful. Oh, it was yes. so, so good. Um, and then I've gone Frosty Mint since and it was not as good. So I'll have to ask John David Cole what that was. It was probably four years ago. Uh, anyway, my point is that ghosted like an MF. <laughs> that was that ghosted pretty bad. So, Dang. But other than that, man, I, I've had no issues and – you know, for don't don't take this as me discounting all the listeners who saying no. I, you know, this this Latakia blend has been ghosting all of my pipes. Uh, so if that's the case, dude, just keep keep an English pipe. You know, have your yeah. pipes for Englishes, have your pipes for aromatics. I'm of the mind that I'm gonna smoke whatever the hell I want in whatever the hell I want. And so far of the 
Dude, I smoke like sometimes three bowls a day in different pipes, same pipes. In my experience over the past, you know, several years, it's, I just have no issue. So, Love it. I'm very passionate about that one. So, you massively are. overrated <laughs> on ghosting, but I appreciate the question, man. <laughs> Love it. And then the last one we've we've covered again. Uh, we've covered it before, but this one is wind caps. Yeah, I I think wind caps are very interesting. I had a great conversation uh, with our good friend uh, and Pod One Hundred One. Make sure you're following him on Instagram uh, because you can find some really really awesome Las Vegas International Pipe Show hashtag LVIPS twenty twenty three uh, posts. He's just a wonderful photographer and he's really influenced my videography. But uh, he was talking to me about how paramount wind caps are and he is such a massive proponent of these wind caps they're like a 50 cents maybe a buck 75 i don't know uh, you get so many of them and it's just good to have if you lose them you can yeah. throw another one in there uh, these wind caps are designed for you know preventing wind from entering your your chamber uh this is great for walks. It's great for windy days at the beach. Uh, it's great for you in your car when you when it's hot as hell out and you have the windows up and you have your AC on and the, the AC is just constantly blasting your bowl. And it's also good for when the windows are down and you're, you're smoking your pipe. Uh, so they have their purpose, again, keeping that wind from continuing to stoke the tobacco. And the effect of that is it, it allows you to preserve flavor. Uh, it protects your bowl, you know, because... A lot of heat just screws up the bowl, screws up the the, the flavor profiles. But um, I I did kind of buy into the idea of the wind cap. Uh, it's just so inconvenient because you, you when you're smoking a pipe, you don't tamp too often, right? It's not a constant thing until you have a wind cap on. Then you realize how much you're actually tamping. And you yeah, gotta like, pull oh the thing off. And and me being a commuter guy, as I, I smoke most of my pipes on my commutes, to have to pull the thing off, grab the tamper, tamp the thing, like no, uh, you know, I'm still trying in. to be safe. Uh, so normally, I prefer no. He was trying, trying to be safe. Yeah, I I prefer I prefer to I prefer to not have a wind cap, but I still I still think I'm gonna go underrated. You don't see them too often. They do have a purpose. I wouldn't be surprised if wind cap production ended one day, uh, just because pe- I just I, you typically don't see them, but they do have their purpose. And if it gets people to go outside a little bit more and smoke their pipes, uh, I, I'm all for it. It'll protect your bowl, it'll protect the the side of it from getting super super hot, and you'll be able to keep that flavor going. So yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go underrated with that one. All right, I've never had a wind cap, and I want to get some. Just because it's always windy. I'm, I live right by the coast and yeah. I need it, man. But uh, we got two bonus ones. There's maybe maybe we'll make these quick. Maybe not. I don't know. Well, aren't we supposed to have three? That was three. Was it? The wind tin cap? note, ghosting, tin and, and wind caps. Oh, gosh. That was three. Man, I'm just having so much fun. I we want need, more and more. Yeah, man. <laughs> I guess so. We need some pints here, too, here soon. But Yeah, very soon. Okay. Our, let's get, uh, let's yeah, get let's on to the bonus. <laughs> our, our bonus ones, we got two. Uh, our first one is from Pastor Joda. Uh, these bonus ones are not pipe smoking related. They're just kind of fun. Not that the s- smoking ones aren't fun, but extra. Anyways, pumpkin spice. Massively underrated. Oh, I love is. pumpkin spice, man. <laughs> Guess what kind of coffee we got in Vegas? Dude, pumpkin, pumpkin sp- spice. I'm looking at it right now. Dunkin's, baby. Yeah, Dunkin', baby. Dude, Kid, we, I'm like I, the man. I want, <laughs> I want some right kidding now. me? Yeah, every morning I go to Dunkin', you know, <laughs> get a get a Krilla. Smoke two parliaments, take a big dump. (laughs) (laughs) 
Isn't that wasn't that Bill Burr? Was that his skit? On no, no, he does. So Casey Affleck. Oh, and he does the. Uh, that's right, dude. It's so funny. It's this dunk. If you haven't seen it, SNL Duncan uh, ad or whatever YouTube. It's like this fake advertisement for Duncan. It is so on par with with Boston, Boston, and, Boston. And, and and even like the the extending reaches of New England. Like I felt, <laughs> I, I get so much enjoyment out of watching that called. <laughs> but uh, anyway, the, but they did do a. a <laughs> Sam Adams one with Bill Burr. Oh, that's the and one that, I was and then about. I was actually pumpkin spicy too. That's right. They did the, it. It was like Halloween, ale. and they they were introducing yes. the the Jacko pumpkin beer. And they're like, welcome to you know the new newest in our, our line, of the Jacko basket. pumpkin. And and then like it's Bill Burr taking a seven, he like spits it out. He's like, oh, it tastes like shit. <laughs> It'll get you drunk though. <laughs> Puts it back. Oh, uh, anyway, so man, I, I'm a big fan of of uh, pumpkin spice. We're actually. We just made a cup of coffee. Quick intermission. We had a little <laughs> error, and then we went got some, you know, made some coffee in the room right here uh, as we close this one out. But we're we're drinking our pumpkin spice uh, coffee from Duncan right now, kid. Cool. And uh, I am I'm all for it, man. I think pumpkin spice is cool. I like I like the flavor. I love the scent. You know, walking into our room, you just smell mm. like fresh, you know, pumpkiny coffee. Uh, and I love the dude. It's fun. I, I, yeah. It's fun. I, I, I'm kind of glad there's not like a pumpkin spice tobacco, but if there was, I'd buy it and I'd try it and I'd probably enjoy it. I know mm. there's something similar. I wonder similar. how you would do that. Yeah, there's something similar already out there, but it. what I'm saying is like Warped Scarecrow isn't Warped yeah. Pumpkin Spice the- Crow or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, dude, there, I saw this uh, thing. I was talking to my father-in-law and he said he drove by a sign or something and it was like for an, a mechanic and it was like, uh, you know – Come on in for new pumpkin spikes, uh, brake pads or something, (laughs) (laughs) which I love. So I'm a fan. Uh, I like pumpkin spice. I'm going to go massively underrated and and it is pretty highly rated as is. So I'm a big fan. All right. And our second and last one is from Josh 05. He asks, getting food to go like as opposed to eating in a restaurant. This is an interesting. One. That is a what a great question. I love these questions, one. man. This one, this one especially. Uh, you're a big, big restaurant. I am. Guy. So I'm going to go super overrated. I don't like. I've just when when if it's not a pizza, when have you ever gone and got food to go? Like at this point, might as well just Uber or Uber Eats it yeah. or whatever it is. DoorDash, Door Diner Dash, Dash, whatever the hell it is. <laughs> Diner Dash. We've been actually really good. We we used to do that exclusively in Washington. So I guess you could say at the time right. I thought it was pretty probably rated. But but the last time I went somewhere to to get food and bring it back to my house to get food to go kind of thing uh, was during one of the worst times for restaurant eating in the history of mankind. And that was during COVID. COVID. So I did it at a necessity because my wife and I love going out to eat. It is one of my favorite hobbies. I talked about this multiple times on this podcast that it's just, and I get to do it with my best friend this week and I'm so excited. I'm going to put on so many LBs and you know, it'll be fine because I will have enjoyed uh, the time going out. And like, as we're finishing this recording, we're going to go to an Irish pub down here Yes, and it'll be the first time in, me, just me and you in a very, very long time. Yeah. So I'm very excited about it. I would say extremely overrated. I don't know what what's wrong with getting service. You know, you're paying pretty much the same price, uh, maybe a little bit extra for a tip. But dude, it's great. I it love is. going out to eat. You know, enjoy the enjoy the night out, man. I agree. I just it's 
it is hard in my current life situation. So like sitting home with the wife for me, I know it's not Nick doesn't doesn't rate this stuff, but I uh I think it's new rule rated. New rule. Let's do bonus you get to rate. Oh, okay. Yeah. Pumpkin spice underrated. I agree. Wow, okay. I'm yeah, surprised by that. I do like I like pumpkin spice stuff. I don't like the hype around it. If that makes sense, yeah, I don't disagree. Like, which like I, that's kind of where I was getting at with like I'm kind of glad pipe tobacco. Yeah, hasn't, yeah, like you know, but I like I like pumpkin yeah, spice, dude. I love pumpkin stuff. Pumpkin um, pancakes, pumpkin waffles, pumpkin, you know, like things, flavored uh, flavored thing. <laughs> Just it, in general, I eat pumpkin. In the ju- shell and all. Yep, uh, <laughs> the stem. Um, I eat all the guts as well. In the no, but I, pumpkin I, seeds. I slept on those for a long yeah, time. I made good. them for the first time probably three good. years ago, four years Dude, ago. Good. If you, if you, not worth it. Not worth. Very it. tasty. Yeah. Not worth the not work. Worth but if you good, good salt and yeah. But if you have if you have them ready, they're pretty good. Anyway, okay. So. Anyway, so pumpkin spice underrated. Getting food to go for me properly rated. I don't think it's over or under. So what about? I, I, so I'm saying that ordering food out, like ordering food from home, is not getting it to go. And my, my when, I, when I'm interpreting this question is as going to a restaurant with a to go order, you know, hey, call it in. Let me go to Texas Roadhouse, grab my steak, potatoes, and mac and cheese or whatever, and bring it home. Yeah, not sitting at home door dashing it. That's a that's no, not, yeah, no, I'm not thinking that either. Damn, you think that's well? I there's only certain ones we don't really get food to go at like restaurants if that makes sense that's like, what i'm saying so you would say that would be no 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 but i'm what i'm saying is we order it online it's more like fast foodie stuff that we get to go if that makes sense that don't count that doesn't count i who hmm. eats mcdonald's at mcdonald's i don't know in france it's like a date place yeah well it it's ain't here we ain't saint claude baby <laughs> we're in america no, I, I eat that on my way home in the car <laughs> With your pumpkin spice. My pumpkin spice. <laughs> no, Extra I... Um, regular, regular. I'm still going to go properly rated. And you're still wrong. Okay, yeah, next anyway. question. <laughs> there are no other questions, <laughs> but if you want to hear more, go ahead, send them to our Galactic Get Pipe Pipe Club. That's the best place to do it. Or if you don't feel comfortable joining, go ahead, send them to show at getpiped.co. That is dot C-O. And our second segment for today is a little Ask Nick Anything. Damn, this is this is where I got to get this, on. The, uh, this, Adam's got to Adam's got to step horn. up here, and uh, yeah, this is typically Ask Adam Anything is the community ask asks Adam questions. Doesn't have to be pipe smoking related. It's just to learn a little bit more about Adam. And as we've been going along here, we, uh, we've we decided to introduce a little Ask Nick Anything. And this is so you can get to know me a little better, the, the producer guy. Um, yeah. So we got we always do two questions. They're from the community. So, Adam, what do we got today? All right. Well, we got two today, as always. And the first one is going to be pet introduction talking names breeds personalities this is going to come from pusher of a cart carter 
great name. I appreciate the uh, the submission, Carter. Uh, so, Nick, what? Yeah, we've not we've talked about how yeah. we have not talked about your pets. So, yes. give us the rundown. Give us the lowdown. Give us age, ASL kind of thing. You know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we'll we'll start with oldest first. I have three total pets. Uh, the oldest is Sebastian. He is a cat. I don't know the specific breed, but he's, I guess... Dude, all cat, white and orange. White and orange. <laughs> he's adorable. He is probably like a distant cousin of some sort of Nimbus. True. Not, not like in physical appearance or just like physicality, but more so in spirit. Yeah, I agree. Um, and yeah, they, he's... he's sort of timid i would say he, he's like the wish.com nimbus you know like he he's the great <laughs> he value brand nimbus so is, like you know it's like hey mom can we get nimbus it's like no we already have nimbus we at have home nimbus. and nimbus at home is <laughs> but he's not but yeah no he's a great I think, I think nimbus has more like cat autism than for sure yeah. than sebastian does but yeah i'd say he's he, <laughs> he's he's the the wish.com nimbus uh he's he's pretty timid uh for the most part but he has his quirks yeah he has his quirks he just sprints up and down but that's most cats um and he his his main quirk which i love is we'll just be sitting there uh, p- producer wife and I will be talking or we'll be playing with the kids or something and he'll walk in look at us and then just lay down gosh and I be like that. ready for pets uh, which is pretty cool so that's that's one quirk that he does he's super kind uh, definitely loving loving to a fault at some points especially at 2 a.m. when he uh, lays on producer wife's head or sniffs her eyeballs Um, nimbus is big on that too yeah so i i I think he secretly wants to eat our eyeballs um no cats are just fascinated with the scent of eyeballs i don't know that you get the little like you hear it you You hear it it. (laughs) you're like okay that's my eyeball that's the probably the softest part of my external body but anyways uh so he's great the second oldest is bruce and he is a true middle child um, he is crazy. He's loving. He's cuddly. He's a black cat. Um, and hence the name Bruce. It's important to admit. Yes, he he is named uh after Batman, Bruce Wayne. Um, because when we first got him, he had giant ears. He did yeah. big ears compared to his body, but he's grown into them. He's actually a really big cat. Like, dude, he's a distant relative of Pip. Yeah, because Pip is big. Pip, we always thought Pip was small. Yeah, but he, we always say Pip is dense and he's big. Yeah, and it's like, man. why are you so big? Because you're so little. But it, exactly, and it's like when you when you pick up Bruce, you're like, well, he's not that big. But when he goes to the vet, he's like, I don't know, uh, twelve, fifteen pounds. Oh wow, he's big, dude. That's a hoss. Yeah, but he's not fat. He's not same a fat. same exact thing. With he's Pip. very thin, lean. He, lean eats whenever he wants and like doesn't overeat and he doesn't look that much bigger than sebastian but he just is same and it's so, it's, weird, it's so odd um but he's he's great he's also escaped multiple times and he's an indoor cat and i actually didn't tell you this he escaped pretty recently and um we didn't he wasn't at home for like four days Again, really? Oh yeah. gosh! And eventually, he got back, good to go. Uh, we got like a collar on him, like a flea tick collar thing, 
And um, so when you open great. the door, is he like try to bolt or not always? But he's very, very like wants to go out, which is so yeah. weird because he doesn't do well That's outside. Tough. Yeah, he gets attacked by the other neighborhood cats who are like indoor outdoor cats, so they experience life. Yeah, they're like there. hell. Yeah, get off yeah. my turf, kind of thing. literally. And um, like the last time he did it, he got attacked by a branch and had like a giant cut on his eye. And Damn. it's like, anyways, he's he's a great cat. Um, but both of them. Have, that we've had our moments of like you're not fun right now either attacking stuff or whatever it is but then we got our youngest our baby bandit he is a dog uh, he's a australian shepherd and uh, for those of you who are parents out there he is named after bandit uh the dad and bluey uh we're looking for a name and then producer wife said it and I was like, yeah, that's it. No, like, that's going to be perfect. And it fits his name, fits his personality just amazingly. He's uh, energetic, protective in a, in a way, but also not protective at all. Like, we had someone installing a door in our back, um, in our back room. And the guy, like, came all the way around. He didn't bark once. He got up to the old door, was, like, knocking on it, didn't bark at all. It was just, like, there, like, hey, nice to meet you. And, um, yeah, so I don't think he would protect us if an intruder came in, but full of energy, full of love, thinks he's a lap dog and he's been a great addition to our family. Um, I, I just, that, that, that's the end there. Like he has brought a lot of joy to our hearts. So it's really cool. All, all of our animals have. And, uh, yeah, so I love our pets. We'll continue to love them and care for them. And uh, yeah, that's cool. That. I don't know if I like dogs. Oh, dang, man. I think I'm starting to like slowly admit it. I mean, I don't not like dogs, right? I'm not one of those cat people right. that's like, oh, dog. hate dogs. A lot of or, dog people hate cats. Yeah, and which like, I don't get. It's like a personality trait of theirs. Like, oh my God, I hate cats. They're so evil. It's like, have you ever experienced Dude, cats? Dude, I hate that. Gosh, you, I hate like that. Good, like good cats, which most of them are good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but we were talking about maybe getting a, a pup here in the... I say coming days, but not real. I mean, I within a year or two kind of yeah. thing. But of course, some wrenches were thrown in, you know, yeah. my, my life plans. But I don't know. I just I I'm kind of content with uh, you know, what we got. I I I, I feel that dogs are more work. Yeah, yeah, they're more work. Like you, like you can do a three day three day trip, no problem with cats. Like. Well, you know, whether you just have someone come check on them, do the litter boxes or whatever real quick, it's yeah. give them, give them food. Um, you know, that's what we kind of have done and that's what we do for our neighbors. They had three or four cats, so we would always go check on them just real quick. So much different with the dog, especially a bigger dog with energy. They need to sprint around and do all Yeah. And, and so if we get a dog, it would be a big dog. Yeah. Um, and this is like my, <laughs> did, did you, how'd you get your dog? Uh, we bought him through a breeder, so he was expensive. Yeah. Um, was, so we were going to try to do a, like a shelter or pound, but we, we had this offer come up. It was expensive, but it was, he was the exact dog we wanted. Yeah. And literally the money doesn't, it like, it's no factor at this point. It's nice. worth nice. it. So that's really good. Yeah. It, that, that is one other aspect is dogs are hard to quote rescue. Yeah, you know, like people don't like cats because 
they don't think they're cool and they're like, oh, okay, yeah. you're lame. I don't want to take care of you anymore. Like they, they don't think of cats as like family members. Yeah. So when, when someone gives up a cat, it's kind of like, okay, let me just yeah. exchange this. When someone gives up a dog, you're like, whoa. it's because there's some problems. Yeah. And when you try to rescue it, I mean, I'm, I'm generalizing for well, sure, but there's a reason you go to the pound and they all look the same and they're all the same dogs that no one wants. And that's the thing with, the reason why we got a dog as a puppy and got it from a breeder is because one, we had a small child and we're expecting another one and we had cats. Yeah, no shot you're taking a chance with the pound dog no named shot. Rufus or whatever, no you know. Shot. No chance. And dude, like because he grew up with the cats, he they like lay together. They chill out that's together. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, they, that's that's kind of what we're They chase each other and they play and do all that kind of stuff, but it's like, at the end of the day, they've grown up together, which yeah. is really cool. And then with the kids, it's, it's just absolutely amazing. So Good. Well, I'll tell my story at another point. Uh, <laughs> I, on my, my, it is hilarious, my, my dog selection dilemma. Oh, <laughs> so make sure, maybe we'll you didn't ask it. Adam anything, we'll go into that one. But uh, yeah, well, this has been, uh, what, I don't know how to do this part, the second segment question second segment ask nick anything if you want to do any more asking of nicking of anything see this is why i'm not the producer guy (laughs) so uh okay second question is what is (laughs) i'm leaving that in all right second (laughs) question what is one pipe that calls to you each time you go to smoke now this is coming from glf underscore cold with a k uh k-o-l-w uh this is an interesting what a great question um yeah because how many let's start off with how many pipes do you have give or take um 20 something just over i think between 20 and 25 okay and a majority of those are artisan Um, uh yes at least at least 50 percent yep Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what is uh, what is one pipe that calls to you each time? Yeah. You know, what's the one that you're saying, man? I don't want to smoke you because I want to smoke you so much, mm-hmm. and I'm regretting how I'm not smoking my other pipes because I like you so much. What's that one? It's very interesting. Um, oh, so the, the regret. Okay. Okay. Hmm. I think the one I like don't want to smoke but i probably should or i think that was the second half well no no so i'm i'm saying like sometimes so i'm not going to answer this question because this yeah, isn't yeah, asking yeah, yeah. anything but there's there's like of my artisan pipes i have so many artisan pipes that i've never smoked and the reason being is because i'm always going towards the same ones to oh, the point okay. where i don't even want to smoke the ones because i'm like i have a little pot from lj peretti mm-hmm. uh the one to wrap it up it was the uh the, the, the one pipe i got, got from uh todd and I love that pipe. Like, it's not – I mean, it, I don't think Todd listens. It's a great pipe. It, it, it works, but it's not – you wouldn't look at my shelf and think, oh, this is, you know, the most special pipe in the world. Right. But for some reason, it, I just smoke it all the time to the point where I'm like, man, I'm don't mad know. at it because I'm not smoking my yeah. other pipes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just such a great hmm. smoke for me. Okay. I I think – there there's a few there man it's it's yeah, hard to name, pick name a few i mean i think my first artisan pipe that i ever got always kind of calls to me which is smoking barrel briars uh pipe i was gonna say you, you've talked about that one a lot yeah man i love it it's it's a great beautiful pipe he he makes some magnificent uh ones like 
Do you remember what number that was? I don't. Because I think he's at like 150-ish right now. Yeah. 160, if I, I remember correctly. I, I could look it up. I, I won't right now. It was now. early. It's, Somewhat. I mean, I yeah. got, I even got like an archer pipe. I think I was- That one was early as 14, well. 16. Oh, wow. I forget exactly. But I specifically bought it from him because I was like, I want to be early. Nice. So that so that was cool. But I think, yeah, the my first artisan, Smoking Barrel Briars, calls to me my Piccadilly- uh, from Mr. Nate King also does uh, a lot, and actually, I haven't smoked it recently, but I love this pipe from uh, Malcolm's uh, pipe Malcolm's shop. Pipe shop, yeah, yep. love Tom. It. Tom, dude. Like, I love this pipe. It's which one's that? It's you, where'd you get it? Did you get it at Chicago? I got it at Chicago, man. And I'm trying to remember what it was like. It's um, I don't think I brought it here. Unfortunately, I, I only brought uh, four pipes, which isn't. You know, it's like a decent amount, but it it's this smaller kind of stubby, not really stubby. It's just like a stout kind of straight pipe, and uh, I don't n- exactly know the shape. Tom's probably like, "Well, it's, it's this. It's on the card I gave you." I'm <laughs> sorry, but um, <laughs> it's uh, it's rusticated, and the the top is kind of uh, oh, man. I don't remember. Like a, a blast. I remember you were super hype about it. Dude, so hype! I love it. It's a great pipe. It's Dude, we we. I know f- we will be one of the first to get the f- the the first Malcolm Pipes pipes, or maybe it's not even going to be Malcolm. Malcolm, for the vo- folks who don't know, Malcolm's pipe oh, shop I, I, is yeah, a uh, basically he he's a he's a pipe modifier and he's very good mm-hmm. at it. And he's he's his skill from when I first met him two years ago, yeah. or at least when I first discovered him two years ago to when I met him a year ago to now. Uh, over the past three years, he's really really grown. Yeah, uh, but he just modifies. Pipes, current pipes, uh, you know, mainly with the rustication style that is very, very unique. Uh, but he has been learning the craft. He Ooh. wants to him and his wife. Yeah, Remember that's right. That? Yeah, they Vegas. did the the seminar. Yeah, I love uh, that. but but Malcolm. So his name's not Malcolm. Malcolm's, I believe, it, uh, his grandfather Malcolm, uh, who smoked a pipe, and it's named after you know his, his grandfather. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm curious if it's ever going to be Tom's pipe shop or Ooh, or, or yeah. may, I mean I. Uh, maybe he'll come with. Maybe it'll just be Tom's pipes or whatever yeah. he decides to go with. But but eventually there that. will be a time where he has pipe number one through ten, and yes. I'm really We're hoping get you know get piped and producer guy you know own own one of those those yeah. ten because I've infam- infamously said on the podcast that you're not a, a an artisan, artisan pipe maker until you make a, a damn pipe from start to finish kind yeah. of thing. And and he was giving me, uh, you know, oh, some jabs at uh, Chicago last time I saw him. He's like, "Yeah, I know I'm not an artisan, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but man, uh, he's his his work is, you know, it is the it work is of great. an artisan. It absolutely is. Yeah, but, it's beautiful. It's to me, it's a great. It has a great outdoor aesthetic to it. Where I would I would want to bring this, you know, this pipe outside. One to smoke it, but two, it's very, it's like very earthy, and and I really like it about that. Um, yeah, so those are a few that kind of call. I guess those are four I I kind of touched on. Um, I also love, man, I love all my pipes. I love my the Jason Patrick pipes. Um, get piped pipe. Dang, I didn't bring the get pipe pipe. Oh, yeah, did you? Man. I did. I think I did see it. Yeah, I did. I meant to. I but. brought that one. I brought the Nate King. Um, I forget the other two that I brought, but yeah, man, man, I love I love all the artisans out there, and. Uh, so I don't I don't have an answer. All those. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> now that I'm thinking, my my brain's kind of 
You're going to. You're like, all right, now ask me this question. No, 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 no. no. What I'm thinking is, we need a we need a, a get pipe season two pipe. Oh yeah, <laughs> so, we do. So He's you can ask make us it. this question next year. Who's going to make it? Um, but I don't know who who would. We're not going to do it. Uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll <laughs> we, figure it out. Over running at out the of pub. time. We're already in October. I know. Yeah, it's a pub conversation. Pub but conversation. Anyway, that has been this time for real. The two questions of the two segments uh, have now been completed for uh, our, our segment. I don't remember what you say. I kind of tune out because I've been talking so much. <laughs> but uh, that has been our segments. Uh, closing time. <laughs> Back when music was good, semi-sonic. Okay. Basically, you take uh, over. Go ahead. If you got any, ask Nick anything or ask Adam any, ask Adam anything questions. Go ahead, send them to our Discord. That's the best place to do it. But if you don't want to join there, as always, as as we mention every time, go ahead, send them to show at getpiped.com. Friends, that has brought us to the completion of this episode. We are done. This is our first truly live episode outside of uh, last year's Vegas Pipe Show uh, episode, which was live, of course, but it was a different dynamic. Tell us what you think. That's that's it. That's all our closing. See you later. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it was live, but it was not live live. Yeah, it was live, it wasn't live live. <laughs> this one was... Live, but maybe this was. I'm, I'm referencing the that uh, what was that? Wreck It Ralph. He's like, Oh, you're a bad guy, but you're not bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. But all right, where where can people find you on social media? I'm feeling feeling a, a second wind here, man. Dude, hell yeah, you're gonna need it because we got a lot of work to do as we try to get this episode live <laughs> uh, in just what seems to be a few hours at this point. Yes, it is. Uh, you can find me on YouTube.com/slash/getpiped. Also, now this is going live on Thursday, the twelfth of October. I'm I'm really pushing for an episode to go live tomorrow. Uh, I don't think that's gonna happen on so, YouTube. Correct. On YouTube, on YouTube.com slash Get Piped. Uh, this is probably going to go live Friday for the Vegas Pipe Show, which was, is still quite fitting. Uh, but I'm I'm putting the last probably 30% together. Uh, this is going to be an Artisan Spotlight episode, which I'm very, very excited about, uh, featuring Il Cherkio. Uh, Il Cherkio is my good friend Angelo Del Prete, uh, wonderful artisan maker. Dang, that was pretty good Italian there. Watch the video and you'll find a lot of bad Italian in there. <laughs> there <we go. laughs> if you're an wait. Italian, don't watch that YouTube video. But but that will be going live very, very soon. Uh, and I have some others that are in the works that I've been talking about. But I, I ended up getting rid of some pipes, some of my artisan pipes that were in the episode of the artisan pipes, which are recorded. So now as I'm trying to get the B-roll, I'm watching and I talk about a pipe that I no longer have. And I'm like, oh, man, so it need, needs some second work yeah. and some masterful editing to make it coherent. But um, I'm going to try to save you know, that, that project. But, uh, if you, if YouTube's not your thing, if you hate how long my 30 minute YouTube videos are, you can go to Instagram. That's at Instagram, uh, at get underscore piped. But if you follow me, 
make sure you follow my right hand man gpp underscore producer guy and lastly best way to communicate with us on a daily basis is our galactic get pipe pipe club a pipe club that transcends that of the national and international levels and spanning across the galaxies boom but as we mentioned at the top of the show go ahead and follow the get pipe podcast on all of your podcast platforms and while you're at it share it with anyone you know uh, I've I've shared this podcast with some people who don't even smoke pipes. Um, they were excited to hear about it, and uh, it was it was really cool. It's it's just it's great, you know. People people appreciate the stuff. You know, if you got something going on that you're doing, whether it's a fun little art thing, maybe you're an artisan of some sort, share share with people. Maybe you got a day job. Don't be afraid to share it. And uh, that's not just this podcast, but obviously do that. We appreciate it. Share with all pipe smokers, any and all. We're going to be doing that this weekend. But don't just share it with the men. Share it with the woman and the children too. But Adam, my good friend, before we head out, go to the pub, enjoy some rounds. What are your wise words of wisdom? These ones are going to be quick, man. Uh, I'm, we're, of course, here live in las vegas we're having a lot of fun just have some fun man mm. uh, wherever you are True. i know a lot of folks will not be at the las vegas pipe show but but i encourage you to follow that hashtag lvips 2023 you know there's there's no reason you can't get involved in the pipe show even if you're not here you know engage with comments you know share your thoughts on yes. uh you know pipes that you saw on on instagram or whatnot or events that were going on pipe pipe collector showcase kind of type of deal uh yeah we're, we're here we're having fun i'm enjoying my my pumpkin spice man enjoy the weather mm. as it's coming uh it's starting to get real real cool down here in uh in in the south but now we're in the west which is still kind of south but yeah yeah it was it was dry and finally loving that dry heat True. dry heat dry cool but but yeah man I, I just have fun we're 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 in a good mood and the next uh several weeks worth of uh words of wisdom will probably be very similar because we're kind of on a high <laughs> right now but yeah that's all i got for this because at this point i have to go save the pipe smoking world but once again i'm not quite sure how i'm going to pull it off but until then you have all just been piped and until the next piping we are out.